because I came from the Peace Corps side and I, I like having the community around and, and talking to these goofy people and being like, Hey, you know, like, Oh, you want to have some, you know, we're cooking tonight. You want to join us? Of course. And like talk to them about their lives and I can tell them about mine and they think I'm totally insane. And that's the charm of it, you know? the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast today. This is episode 74 and this episode features my absolute favorite style of interview, which happens when I hardly know anything about my guest at all. So I kind of geek out a little bit today. Um, As you know, we're in a series with North American expats who have created lives overseas. And I actually didn't know who I was going to interview for this last episode in the series until a friend of mine told me about David Smith, who started as a Peace Corps volunteer and now runs his own restaurant, among other small businesses in Moldova of all places. (laughs) If you right now can point out where Moldova is on a map, you get a gold star because who even talks about Moldova, right? So I was obviously intrigued by the idea of talking to someone who lives in Moldova. So I reached out to David and he was gracious enough to take time out of his busy restaurant owner schedule to share his story with us today. Uh, We're going to talk about Peace Corps, business ownership in an economically depressed country, uh, the opportunity that is small business worldwide, and we might also spend some time chatting about craft beer, focus beers, of course. Um, But first, I have two quick announcements. Good things are happening at BMT headquarters. First of all, we have been nominated for top 10 best budget travel blogs by drumroll. USA Today. This is a reader's choice contest. So if you want to do your part to support the Budget Minded Traveler and make sure that we get a spot, make sure that we can keep our spot in that top 10, you can vote every day for the month of August. Just go to thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash USA Today and that will take you straight to the voting page. You don't have to sign up or give your email or anything. You just click vote. And remember, you can do it every day this August 2016. And there are there are 20 blogs that are going to be vying for the top 10 spots. So let's make sure we get one. Um, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for your support. Also, I am considering making some improvements to the podcast. And I would really love your opinion uh, since I'm trying to bring you content that you want to listen to. So... I have a short survey that I put together and you can find it easily at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash survey. If you have a couple minutes, please go weigh in and let's make this show better together because I can't do it without you. So thank you so much if you do decide to do that. And all right, let's get to it. It's my pleasure to introduce David and give you guys a little glimpse into life in Moldova as an expat. So here we go. David Smith. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I have to start with, where are you? Where are you right now in the world? Hey, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I I am in Moldova, the Republic of Moldova, actually in the capital, Chisinau. Chisinau. So I have so many thoughts right now. So first of all, 
Moldova. I don't think I've ever spoken with anybody who's been in the country of Moldova. And that really, really excites me. I'm, I'm kind of geeking out over here because I feel like you're such a good find for, <laughs> for a fun <laughs> interview. <laughs> so, um, so that's just a warning that I, I, I think I'm going to get really into this. Yeah. My favorite interviews ever are the really blind ones. And so you and I have a mutual friend and I was out with her the other night having drinks and I just said I really need to talk to a, a male expat and she goes oh I have one David still <laughs> lives in in Moldova and I'm like Moldova like you should have seen my eyes I was like get me his contact info like I need to talk to this guy so um anyway I'm so excited that you're hope it lives up you, you hyped it <laughs> <laughs> no okay so have you ever this is a question for you have you ever read um what's it called the geography of bliss oh shoot did I just lose you Connection seemed to be okay, but um, yeah, you know, I think that that was my internet that just went out, and here I'm like in Montana, and you're in Moldova, and your internet's probably better than mine. <laughs> we have uh, what is it, second or third best in the world right now? Are you serious? Yeah, we got a uh, wow, totally three G blankets, like ninety nine point nine percent of the con- country, and I got uh, I think a hundred megabytes up down right here for like ten dollars a month. So wow. <laughs> pretty good you know that's interesting because as a digital nomad you know air quotes yeah. digital nomad like i think that people really underestimate wi-fi around the world and expect more and i mean it's been a nightmare it's seriously something you have to think about if you're gonna work you know from your laptop like i do um right but you know i kind of expect to have it here in montana <laughs> Right. We're kind of in the woods up here. Um, Sorry about that. So anyway, um, I did not hear you at all once I started asking that question. So I'm just going to ask it again. Um, Go ahead. Just continue. Um, So have you ever read the book, The Geography of Bliss? Ah, so no, I haven't. I've heard of it and it's been recommended to me, but I've never read it. I bet that it's been recommended to you because of the chapter on Moldova. Because um, this, it's a great book, anyway, for the listeners out there, too. The Geography of Bliss. Um, it's really fun. Every, it's this guy who's, like, on a search for the happiest, the happiest country in the world. Like, the happiest people, basically. And so he's, like, studying. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know where this is going now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's like studying, um, studying the people in, in all these different places, in all these different countries across the world. And so each chapter is a different country. It's fascinating. It's such a fun read. But anyway, he goes to Moldova because it's like ranked horribly on the happiness scale. <laughs> right. I, I actually think National Geographic put it as uh, number one saddest in the world, mm. saddest country. Um, that's so sad. But that's yeah. that's why he went there to study it, you know, and he wrote a really great, you know, chapter on it. I mean, every every one of these chapters, it's like you feel like you've been there, you know, even if you haven't. Um, and so I, I kind of have that. But I, it also gives me uh, uh, an image of what Moldova is. And I'm, I'm hoping that this will kind of um, break that. You know, I want to hear your story. I want to hear your side because obviously you like it or you wouldn't still be there. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like it, it's not totally fair, but but you anybody who's been to Eastern Europe can kind of see where where that comes from to an outsider for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> long long uh, long kind of start there, but I do before we kind of get into um, the good stuff in Moldova and all of that. 
Um, I would love to know why you're even there. Like what, what happened? Where did you come from and what made you decide to go there? Um, let's start with that. So I warn you, I, uh, any, any given question I can, I can talk a little too long on. (laughs) Okay. We like stories. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to keep a short version, but basically, you know, I'm, I'm from Virginia, uh, right outside DC. And I went to school in the U.S. in, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, for electrical engineering. But when I graduated, you know, with kind of a focus on satellite technology, which I love and is really fun, um, I had wandering feet, and I wanted to get out in the world. And I didn't quite know what to do. But when I was at a career fair, actually, at Georgia Tech, um, and I was waiting to talk to the FBI, actually, but they had a really long line. I was kind of casting about to see something to do with my time while it died down, and I saw this lonely guy at a Peace Corps booth. I just went over to say hi and see what, you know, why nobody else wanted to talk to him, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, through one thing or the other, I, I kind of got hooked on the idea. And so after a while, I started realizing I was kind of turning down other jobs and, and plans to, to see where Peace Corps sent me. And uh, the kind of punchline is this is uh, – this is not the answer Moldova. They sent me to Kazakhstan, actually, as an English teacher. And I was there for, for nine months uh, before Peace Corps evacuated from Kazakhstan. Oh, And then that, yeah, that's, an, that's a whole, whole different can of worms, a little too big for anyone short interview. But basically, uh, I, we left and they asked me, like, if I wanted to go back and if so, where? And um, anybody kind of familiar with the, the former Soviet world knows that during especially Stalin's era, you had a ton of mixing of people. So you had, um, especially towards Siberia and Kazakhstan, the gulags were there. And so I knew a number of people from Moldova. My, my doctor for Peace Corps, my doctor was Moldovan, my manager in Peace Corps was Moldovan. And they grew up their whole lives in Kazakhstan, but their family was from here. And they talked about it well. They said people are really nice, really friendly. The wine is delicious. Everyone loves wine. And I wanted to keep learning Russian. And so I said, well, okay, Moldova sounds good. Um, so I came here four years ago with the Peace Corps. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so the, the convoluted story is that's how I got here. Uh, four years ago, last month, I guess, I arrived here with the Peace Corps to be a community development volunteer. Community development volunteer. So what sort of work did you do? And were you in the capital then too? Okay, so two, two good questions. The first I'll say with the capital, no. Um, most, most volunteers uh, worldwide, but Moldova as well serve in smaller communities um and community development it's kind of it's a very kind of broad focus our volunteers tended to work with either uh small ngos on kind of the service delivery side for different things or with local governments in very small towns kind of share the mayor's office and help him you know Oh, the ducks have escaped, you know, come get, you know, so oh, we'll hop in the car and go over there. Now, like very small town, you know, mayoral stuff. So um, I was with actually a, a children's center for um, kind of for, say, homeless children, street children. It was a little more complicated, but that was a portion of my time and then did a bunch of other side projects, um, a whole bunch of areas, uh, some of it business development. But I, I actually lived in Belts, which is a, another city, but a smaller city in the country. Okay. And then, so did you do a a full term there, which it would be two years or were you, since you were already nine months in, did that matter? How much of your time was, was there with the Peace Corps basically is what I'm asking. 
Yeah, sure. I did. A, I did a full term, so I redid my whole training. Oh wow! Okay, whole, whole new thing. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> did you like it right off the bat? Like, did, did I mean? Did you like it there? You had just come from I'm saying from Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, right? And yeah, um, I did like it, but it, it was immediately different, and I kind of, um, you know, I had to had to bite my tongue a little bit because, like, I was here with a lot of friends, and you know, we're there's a lot of difficulty when you move into a new culture and, and are living in a village, like right off the plane, you pretty much wind up in a, a host family's house. They don't speak English. You don't speak Romanian or Russian. And they're trying to feed you all kinds of crazy food. Like all these things I had kind of gone through already. And Kazakhstan in general is, is more of a rough and tumble wild place than Moldova. So I got here. I felt very comfortable with going through the whole wild Peace Corps transition process. But I also felt like, wow, this place is like, people are really nice. It, everything grows here. You know, the, the joke here is you spit and a tree will grow. <laughs> um, it's so green. There's so wow. much like bounty. You know, you walk down the street and just pick apricots off trees as you walk into school or work or whatever. So it, it was just really felt welcoming. Now, I came here in June, not winter, you know, <laughs> but still, it was right. really nice. Okay. And did you, um, did you actually, so in Moldova, they speak Romanian, right? It's a uh, like so many things about Moldova. It's a kind of weird question. It they do t- technically people here speak Romanian and Russian. Most people speak both fluently. Uh, the younger generation more Romanian, but you will run into a lot of uh, contention if you say people speak Romanian and Russian. Everyone knows they speak Russian. Some of them really don't like to because it was kind of a conqueror's language. But they will not say that uh, Romanian is a language. They'll say, oh, there's Moldovan language, which is totally distinct from Romanian. And it's kind of a big, big argument here in family, internal to families, you know, what language do we speak? Mm-hmm. Um, so like so many things in Moldova, it, it looks easy on the on face value and then you dig in and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, it's oddly complicated here. It's funny that you say that, especially as a as a business owner now, I am sure you've had to overcome a lot of obstacles to get where you are, if that's the case, no? Yeah. Yep. That that would be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I um I was just living in Patagonia in Argentina for a few months and it took me a week to sign up for a trail race because yeah. I couldn't just go online and pay and get it done. Like there were all, so- there were literally eight steps and it included <laughs> going out and conversation with other people. And it was just, it was ridiculous. Like to be able to just sign up and pay like didn't exist. <laughs> and so there are things that we have in the United States that are, just so easy in comparison to places like this. I, I can imagine that it's kind of like that, maybe worse. <laughs> it it absolutely is, and uh, and it. I, I mean, I think you saying things we have in the U.S. You're you're hitting the point that we. I wouldn't say take it for granted, but in a way, like we we take for granted that people try to keep the processes as easy as they can. And yeah. and here yeah. a lot of times they intentionally make them longer and more confusing because it benefits somebody along the way and, and you'll never really know who. <laughs> uh, so no, it's, it's definitely very tedious to get anything done. I, I have numerous stories on that front. I could go all day, but like kind of crazy stuff for, from a business standpoint. Yeah, especially. I bet. Um, so at the end of your two year term then, 
in Moldova. What did you stay or did you did you leave, you know, and go back and visit or did you just stay right away? What, how did you make that decision? Um, I, I pretty much stayed. Uh, my, my partner, Matt, who's also a volunteer, he, so in my business, we're, you know, we're a small restaurant, uh, bar named Smokehouse, uh, American barbecue and all. And we have three partners, a uh, Moldovan Vlad, uh, and two Americans, Matt and myself. And so Matt went home for, I guess, about three, four weeks. I traveled a little bit through the, the Balkans, uh, and then came back and just jumped right in. It was really try to get to it as quick as you could, switch over from your official, semi-official Peace Corps passport to personal and get going, you know? And what did you do? I mean, you decided to stay. Did you did you know you were going to be in it like for the long run? Did you know that you wanted to start a business? I mean, how does one to decide like how does one decide to stay in Moldova? You know, what opportunity did you see there? What was it that made you want to stay? Uh, gosh, what, what started uh, beer? Beer always helps. Um, beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what happened? It was uh there were, you know, four of us were ha- having dinner one night when I was still a volunteer, including my, my friend Matt, who is now my business partner, and, nice. and just two other friends. One was a Peace Corps volunteer. One was just a couch surfer coming through. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and we, we got to talking, and the two other volunteers were primarily focused on small business development. And I did it about – I worked in that field about half my time. Um, so we helped people, you know, kind of write business plans, uh, help go from idea to, to reality is the idea of what we we're supposed to do. But we all compared notes and we realized that like almost everybody we worked with never actually opened business. Hmm. Trying to figure out why. And the, the main note that kept coming up was, was corruption and, and, you know, a generally defeatist attitude about all the problems of Moldova. And so, you know, a number of beers in, we're like, well, what if we did it? You know, we're like, we look around, we see tons of opportunities, not, you know, we didn't, weren't even talking about a restaurant or, or bar. We're just like, see a ton of opportunities here, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. What if we tried? And, uh, and that conversation over beers um, over the next four months kind of snowballed into a, well, what if we stayed for a year, you know, put up some, some capital, you know, decided to, to uh, support ourselves here in Moldova. It's very cheap. Um, and pursue multiple business ideas. And, and so we, we wound up originally with a, a prospective group of, of nine volunteers we brought into a room and pitched the idea to, including our, our mutual uh, friend who you were talking to earlier. Okay. Yeah. And just like talked it out and see like, well, what do, what do people think? And over time, the field narrowed and, uh, and yeah, and we decided to stay. And we decided to stay without having a plan really as to what we were going to do necessarily. But at the same time, you probably had just as much of a, you know, non-existent plan for anything else. So why not this? You know, I mean, at this point, you've been in Moldova for two years. And what were you going to do? It was completely wide open. You could do yeah, anything, right? It, exactly. Totally wide open. And, uh, and I, you know, I took a lot of, a lot of heart from some of the, um, I, you know, as a background in engineering, I hadn't focused a lot on business development and and talking to small business people here, successful ones who had already started up, I remember one particularly told me, you know, ideas are cheap. Like, you don't need ideas. Uh, you need the determination to get it done. Um, and, and I read that somebody, you know, a guy, a couple guys starting a business said that the best way to do it is find whoever your partners are, get out a whiteboard and write down everything you're good at and everything you're passionate about and see what intersects. Because like, uh, everyone has ideas, you know, what, what are you actually going to follow through on? 
And so when we did that, basically that, um, informal over beers, of course, yep. we yep. came up, we're, we're passionate about, uh, cooking, cooking, slow cook barbecue and, uh, and craft beer and, uh, and kind of creating community. So we put all that together. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> My audience has heard me talk about having a focused beer before, and I think that that's what you guys did. <laughs> you sat down and had a focused beer, and look what you did. You made a business, and I actually, um, I saw, I looked at your website um, for Smokehouse, and yeah. I saw that you guys, you really do put a lot of care into the beer specifically, but the yeah. the. The craft, okay, I just have to say this, and maybe this is um, naive of me, but craft beer and Moldova didn't necessarily, you know, intersect in my head before I saw it on your screen, on your website. And I just, it kind of right. blew my mind. And immediately I was like, I have to talk to this guy about craft beer because all of the beers that you guys have in your, in Smokehouse are, are, are locally, are locally brewed within Moldova, correct? Correct. Yeah. So right now we have, well, you know, it's, it's funny. So we have eight beers on tap, which is probably the most of any bar in the country. Um, and we, and they're all locally brewed. I kind of can't believe that there are eight beers that you could have on tap in Moldova. Like that's incredible. There's a beer scene you know, there that we don't know about. <laughs> it, and it's, it's so funny. It's small, but like, you know, in the U S we've just had this explosion of craft beer over the last, you know, five and 10 years, even, um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that it's pushed across Europe, mm -hmm. but in unexpected places. <laughs> Poland yeah. is like really hopping on craft beer where Germany's not as much. And, you know, and so yeah. it hops up weird places in Moldova. Um, I never thought I'd have a craft beer bar. I'll say that the first brewery opened when we opened. Wow. Oh my God. You've got a pale ale, like promote, <laughs> you know, let's be friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what other kind of beers do they have? Like what, what are they brewing? Well, so, okay, so we've got the, let's say the main craft brewery in, in town is called Litra, uh, not Liter, it's actually the guy's name, Sergey Litra, um, and he makes right now an American pale ale, a, an Irish stout, uh, a vice beer, you know, Hefeweizen, yep. um, they have a session IPA, and then occasionally they rotate in other beers, uh, seasonals or, or kind of collaboration brews. We did a collaboration brew of a pumpkin ale last, um, October, September, mm -hmm. which was awesome. I spent 13 hours grilling pumpkin, which I'm not sure I want to do again, but the <laughs> beer was really good. Uh, wow. yeah. And so that, that's fun. And then we have a couple kind of like larger, medium sized breweries here that are trying to now, you know, produce some more craft variants. So, they're chasing this, uh, this movement. And then we've got in Moldova about 11, what they call, they call them, I guess, provincial breweries, but they're like, they've been around for years making something kind of in a little town. And, uh, one guy at a, a place called Elvis. Um, and when you say it, they're like, Oh, not that Elvis. I'm like, not <laughs> what other Elvis? Okay. It's an acronym from the guy's family member's name. I mean, like, God, Moldova. Um, <laughs> But he's making some wacky stuff, and he's got a, we got a black IPA now. Nailed it! That's my favorite black IPA. It's real good. Now I really need to come over there and have a beer and some barbecue. <laughs> it's Moldova. It's on my way to anywhere, right? I can just stop by. <laughs> everywhere and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like right in the middle of everywhere and nowhere. You're right. That's funny. Right. It's like you can. 
you're in the middle, but at the same time, it, it's not the easiest to get in and out of unless you kind of intend to be here, yeah. you know? But, so, uh, well, yeah. this beer is that, that, that beer scene sounds like good news for you guys. That sounds like yeah. very good news. And, and how's the business going? I mean, your website looks cool. You have events and you have all sorts of things going on. It looks like you guys do a pretty good job with the social media. Um, you know, like you just kind of know what you're doing. And so how's it, how's it going? How long have you had it open? So we, um, we passed our one year mark last month, which was really exciting. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah. Had a, had a big old party and, um, it's going pretty well. Um, you know, we, we basically, yeah, first of all, in the restaurant business in general, it takes some time to kind of fit into your market and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, for us, one interesting thing has been that like we started off with a lot of assumptions, you know, kind of made in America. How do you do things? Mm -hmm. And, um, and a ton of those are the bedrock of our business, you know, customer service, community atmosphere, da, da, da. But others as to like how you run the business were much more startling. Like in the U S you, you don't usually make a lot of money on food. You make all your money on drinks. And here we were looking at it, and after a while, we're like, none of this makes sense. And then we realized, ah, Moldovan businesses are the opposite. They're selling drinks really, really low margin and, and food higher. And so we've just had a lot of learning, um, and we've had a lot of good kind of friends and mentors along the way. We've also had figured a lot out for ourselves, often through trial and error. So it's been a very interesting year is the, <laughs> the shortest answer to that. Yeah. I bet. And I bet that that's an understatement as well. There's such a learning curve on these things. But you're also, I mean, yeah, you can take the um, kind of the foundation, what you know and what you've learned and what you've experienced, you know, from business and small business in the United States and apply it. But at the, but you're still in a different, you know, there, there, there's different hoops to jump through. You're in a completely foreign language is another thing. I mean, there's so many challenges that you face that that just don't apply here. And so I can imagine that it would be extremely tough. And it makes me, I, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see that this is what you have done. This is what you're doing. And, and that the Peace Corps experience led to this. I mean, how many people are you bringing smiles to every day because of your beer and barbecue there in, in Chisinau? <laughs> it's so cool. Oh, yeah, it, it is. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I can only say it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Um, so what does your day-to-day life look like there? Like, wh- where do you live and wh- what is what's li- what is your life like? I mean, we've learned a lot about your business, but <laughs> what do you do for fun and wh- what what is that like? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you're like a small business owner, but especially a small business that has, you know, not round-the-clock hours, but pretty late hours uh, and early hours, your your day-to-day doesn't really have a full pattern so much. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. You never really know. Um, you live at your restaurant. <laughs> I I used to say that, and I've been spending the last summer really trying to take my life back a little. Uh, mm-hmm. So I live nearby. I can walk to work. I live in a kind of goofy townhouse that probably was once on its own lot, but is now in this like cobbled together with these other houses. And we have a, a courtyard driveway where all these families like hang out. And so it's actually really cool. I've got a lot of wacky neighbors. Um, 
Oh God, so many weird ideas and, and stuff, but like in there, like, why are there two Americans here or whatever? But, um, but that's the charm of Moldova. Like I wouldn't want to live, um, in, you know, a kind of sterile gated community type of thing. Like, like a lot of expats do here. Cause I came from the Peace Corps side and I, I like having the community around and, and talking to these goofy people and being like, Hey, you know, like, Oh, you want to have some, you know, we're cooking tonight. You want to join us? Of course. And like talk to them about their lives and I can tell them about mine and they think I'm totally insane. And that's the charm of it. You know, um, we, we have to kind of experience each other's world. Uh, so, but between that and then coming to work and then, you know, here's, I think early on you said restaurant life is putting out fires, uh, all the time. You know, the ice machine's broken, not literal fires, but like, <laughs> hopefully, not wood, not on wood, you know, but it, it's just kind of a, a, no two days of the same kind of existence, you know, Yeah. I got to get out periodically. I, I get out, you know, get out of the city and visit my old host family from Peace Corps or travel a little in the, in the region, but but in general, it's it's fulfilling if if crazy and uh, stressful. It's fulfilling, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Did you when you started, or maybe now is is a you know forget when you started, but now do you see a plan for this? Like, do you have any kind of idea about whether you'll stay or go, um, or you know, are are you happy staying there? You know, and are you going to keep running this thing on your own? I mean, with your partners. Um. So, good question. We. When right from the start, you know, when we didn't really have uh, an exact business concept, we more envisioned ourselves here as um, as entrepreneurs than like restaurateurs. You know, we we looked at each other and we're like, what what you know, what is our combined experience here? And my my friend Matt's like, well, I worked for two weeks at Taco Bell in high school. <laughs> like that's that's about it. Uh, and so we we learned the business, um, and we each do different things. You know, uh, with different levels of passion and, and enjoyment in it. But like also while, while this is my day to day, we're also developing other businesses. Yeah. And so we're actually working right now on a, a wine bar, uh, tasting room, which is, uh, going to be, I think really cool for a really big wine producing country. There aren't many options for travelers to come in and try kind of smaller production wine. So we'll work on that. Mm. And, uh, and then also f- through our, our, which actually I haven't mentioned this, but from, Right up front, one of the first things we said coming out of Peace Corps and coming out of that conversation I mentioned earlier over beers where everyone said there's so much corruption here is that we committed ourselves to be a business that doesn't deal in corruption. We don't pay bribes, don't take bribes, we pay our taxes, da da da. And that's harder than it sounds. And so we ended up forming a small business alliance here, which now I'm occupying my time in that as well, which is really fun, but we've got together you know, small businesses from foreign ownership, Moldovan ownership, trying to talk about how, how things can be better in Moldova. Um, and things are pretty, pretty tough here now in a whole bunch of ways. Um, but we're, we're, we've got an optimistic view of the country, an optimistic view of what is possible here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, uh, where I'll be in, in, I guess, 12 months here in Moldova running Smokehouse, but like what types of businesses I'll be involved in. But I'm, um, I'm fairly confident, let's say hopeful here that I'll be working in Moldova on business development in the near mid, you know, mid future. Uh, where that leads me after that, we'll see. Um, this is not my rest of my life in Moldova by any means. Right. Okay. But I, I do love it here and I see a lot of opportunity, you know, which I'd like to be part of. I love that so much. And actually, you know, listening to you and knowing just what I know about your experience, it almost seems 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems like you're doing more for community development now, almost like post Peace Corps, now that you're in it, like you've invested, you know, you're not just volunteering, but you're actually building and employing and doing, you know, living, like doing all the things as a, as a normal contributing citizen, you know? Yeah. And it's incredible because, I mean, maybe the, maybe the Peace Corps was sort of like, almost like a runway for you to, to test and everything. But, but beyond Peace Corps, that's when you've really taken off. And what an opportunity this could be for other people with a skill set and a massive determination, because we know that that's what it takes. But, and, you know, with an interest like this, maybe in starting a small business, I mean, you're figuring it out, you're in Moldova. And so this opportunity abounds. Anyone could really, I mean, all you need is, is a determination, maybe a good business partner, you know, a place and an opportunity and you can make something like this work. This is, um, your story is really inspiring, actually, I think. Thank you. Yeah, you know, you totally can. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not the only, uh, you know, American or, or foreign small businessman here. I mean, there's actually quite a little thriving community of uh, people who wound up in Moldova one way or the other yeah. <laughs> and wound up staying. And, and it's kind of, and, it's, and that's true of Ukraine and Romania and, you know, this part of the world. But it is it is really cool, and and you do get more of a voice in a lot of ways than than I I would as a Peace Corps volunteer. You know, we mm-hmm. right. my partner and I say like you know we paying paying our paying our taxes for instance is just kind of a a joke between us because we've got to be one of the only uh, businesses of our kind that that really commit to that here. But what we purchase for it um, is the right to stand up anywhere we want to and talk about the problems we see. And how they can be fixed, mm. and we take a lot of pleasure in that. And uh, and maybe pleasure is not the right word, but we feel like we've we've got a bit of a moral duty to to talk about how Moldova could be better. And you talked about Moldova being a very sad country, <laughs> according to the geography of bliss. I, I don't think that's really on mark, but I think it is very fair to say that many Moldovans, um, or most in in some way, are very discouraged. And they've had, uh, you know, 25 years since the fall of the Soviet Union and things have gotten better, but really not as much better as they, they hoped. And, and I think a lot of times people need to be, you know, see that like, actually, you just got to stand up and fight for it. Like the future's there. Um, you know, my partner, Vlad, like I said, he, he's Moldovan. He's committed fighter, stands up all the time. He's like, you guys, like everybody wake up. Like, don't, don't kind of keep walking foot in front of the other and saying life is bad. Life can be very good, you know? Mm-hmm. Got to be a little creative, you know. You got to think a little outside the box and go. And so, yeah, you, we do get to have a community impact, and our 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 customers and our staff are themselves a really cool community. Um, we're having trivia night right now, actually, as we speak. So there's a bunch of <laughs> trivia going oh, on. No, I'm ta- I'm keeping you from trivia night. I want to go to trivia night. I love trivia. <laughs> I do too. I can't play though because I, you know, I found the place. But because you know all the answers. <laughs> okay. I proofread a lot of them. <laughs> Um, that's so great. I love what you're doing. Um, I have one more cause this can't, this just, I can't avoid this question because it's always what I wonder. And so it's kind of a change of subject, but I just have to ask it. Do, how does it work to live there permanently as an American citizen? Like, do you have a long-term visa or how did you go about doing that? 
<laughs> I'll tell you. I'll try to tell you the the very short version of that. Um, Moldova's got a, a wacky system, but you can apply for something that's called an international investor visa. So, I actually opened my company here just at, on a tourist visa with a passport. Any American can come here for ninety days with no problem. Just like show up, be a tourist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I opened a company, and then through a whole mess of paperwork, just an absolute mess. Um, you, which I, I wrote a big thing up on it on my, my blog about the business. We managed to apply as, as international investors. Um, what surprised us was that then they rejected us. Oh. Uh, yeah. And this was, this was our first, uh, you know, we're oh. three months in and we're like, what the heck, you know? And, and like looked around and after a whole bunch of digging, we realized this is, this is our first, uh, run into corruption. The, Standard bribe is about 350 euros, and we didn't pay it, and so uh, no visa for you. And, of course, Moldova's got a a severely depressed economy and all kinds of problems. And so I'm like, well, that's not how it works. You're trying to block international investment. (laughs) Talked to friends, started getting the word out, and uh, after a little bit of rabble-rousing, managed to – they like, whoa, wait, we'll reconsider your case. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so then we got visas, and – Wait, so you did this without the bribe? Absolutely. No, we haven't paid. Good for you. That's really great, though. Because, yep. I mean, that's what's going to change something in the future. Right. And w- what's amazing about Moldova is you've got good conditions. You have a free press here. Biggest thing. So when somebody wants to come over and be like, oh, you can't be an international investor. Like, we want you to give money. It's like... The press is screaming every day about corruption, and they're talking about a bad economy. I'm like, everybody loves this story. Are you crazy? Right yep, now? Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and and we've backed more than one person down on some of these. Sometimes we've actually had to had to play it out in, in editorials, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's the the cost. Honestly, that's the cost of doing honest business. Comically enough, yeah. is uh, having to get rough and tumble sometimes with bureaucrats. And honestly, they're going to make a lot more than 350 euros off of the business. I mean, that's just silly. But, but you know. But not personally, and that's not – so that's how they see it. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, good for you for doing that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The amount of times that you've mentioned wacky and goofy, and <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um I'm so intrigued to visit Moldova now. And uh, I'm so glad that you took the time. Thank you so much for, for I don't, I don't want to keep you anymore from trivia night, but um, thank you so much for, you know, coming and sharing your story. And um, just one last thing. So where can people find you if they, uh, you know, want to come check out your, your smokehouse or see how you guys are doing? Do you have a, a place online where people can see that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, find us on, uh, Facebook, Smokehouse Moldova or TripAdvisor Smokehouse Moldova. We're, we're not in an intuitive spot in the city. So follow your, follow your map on your phone. Follow your nose. No. Yeah. Follow your nose. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't resist. Sorry. That was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. David, thank you so much. And I'm going to put all the, the notes, the, the links and everything to your, to your, your restaurant on the show notes page today and um so people can find you if they if they want to reach out or want to stop by if anybody happens to be in moldova you know it could happen yeah, so i'll have to meet you there for for a black ipa one of these days you will okay well thanks jackie so much for talking today all right thanks a lot we'll talk to you soon okay as i mentioned links to david's restaurant and a little more about him are all on the show notes page which you can find at the budgetmindedtraveler.com slash 74 
And remember, you can vote every day at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash USA Today to help the BMT blog keep its spot in that top 10 best budget travel blogs uh, for all of August 2016. You can do that. And don't forget about the survey as well at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash survey if you want to weigh in on some questions that will help me make some decisions for the show. And thank you so much in advance for that. And with that, we're out for today. Thanks you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye.